Just Go With It is a podcast hosted by two millennials who swear. And also, it's about horror films, so listener discretion is advised. We will put specific content warnings in the show notes. Boo. <laughs> And we can even try a clap, even though it never really works. <laughs> oh, God, she's here. Okay, ready? Here comes the girl. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> it's not the worst. We'll see. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Speaking okay, of okay. the worst. Are you ready? The I don't worst. know why already. Are you ready? <laughs> um... Yeah, I'm ready to talk about this movie. Speaking I'm of ready. the worst, it uh uh-huh. it, the worst is in worst case scenario. <laughs> um we're talking about Silent Night, Deadly Night, right? We are indeed. Yes. I watched the ending. Hey, it I was think. almost named Sleigh Ride. Yeah, I saw that yeah. and I thought that yeah. was funny. Yeah. <clears throat> A good okay. name. Um <laughs> and we each have candy canes. Yes. Um, my goal is to see if I can get it into like a little knife by the end of the mm. episode. I will have a much smaller knife than yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> you have a mini candy cane. I mean, I bit mine into like, yours is real little though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <It's> so small. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I've got some notes. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear them. Are you yes. ready? Are you ready? Just say it. Are you ready? Here you I- go. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. Also yeah. known as, potentially known as Sleigh Ride, which I think is oui. great. Uh, made in 1984. Uh, it was directed by Charles Edward. Now, this sounds like a French last name. Cellier? Or I, Cellier? I said Cellier in my head because <laughs> I just didn't care enough. <laughs> I just went through and was like, yeah, Cellier. <laughs> it's either Cellier or if he's French, it's Cellier. But whatever. Charles Edward Sellier Jr. Uh, so he's most well known for writing the book and the television series, or directing, sorry. Well, wrote the book and I think directed the television series, The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, also directed a film called Snowballing, The Annihilators, and he's done so many TV movies. Like, just so many, and a lot of documentaries. Huh. But I think like TV documentaries. Yeah. One of them was about the Bermuda Triangle, and then one of them was called The Search for Christ. So, oh I, boy, I don't know what he's up to. Yeah. <laughs> A lot. A lot. Um, yeah. So that's what that man's doing. Um, and the screenplay was written by Michael Hickey. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I didn't. He he didn't have like a ton of stuff about what he's done, but he did. He got like a special thank you because he helped restore the 1958 film Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh. Yeah. So they restored it in 1998 and he got like a special shout out. So I guess he worked on that. Super cool. Um, And he wrote a stage play called Murrow about the life of newscaster Edward R. Murrow. Okay. I don't know that. Fascinating stuff. Apparently. Enough to have a play. (laughs) So neato. Uh, The cinematography was... Henning Shellup, Shellerup, sorry. Shellerup, I hardly know her. Know her up. I know her up. 
shell her up. <laughs> uh, also did snowballing in the Annihilators. So they must have worked together. That's fun. Uh, also did Berserkers and then a ton of TV movies and also documentaries. A lot of similar ones to the director. So I think they clearly have worked together. But also did, and now this is a fun fact, what can only be described as sexy comedies. Um. <laughs> Titles such as Chesty Anderson, U.S. Navy. Oh. Bust oh Out. Mama's Dirty Girls. <gasps> and the Life and Times of Grizzly Adams TV series. <laughs> okay, Pearl Clutching over here. <laughs> so I thought that was very Chesty Anderson just have sequels. So <laughs> nice, nice, just, nice. Yeah, so that's that's and and don't forget the Life and Times of Grizzly Adams TV series. How could I forget? So maybe also sexy. I don't know. Could be. <clears throat> so the music <laughs> was by uh, was by Barry. Uh, God, hold on. There were so many B's and P's in this sentence that my mind broke. <laughs> The music is by Perry Botkin. <laughs> That's hard. That's, That's hard. hard. <laughs> um, does like a lot of theme songs and also went on to do like electronic music, like huh. just for himself, just for fun. Um, but he composed the song Nadia's theme, which became the theme song for the young and the restless. <laughs> huh. It also was on Billboard's uh, top 100 at number eight for like a long time. Okay. <laughs> Good for him. Good for the young and the restless. Yeah. Uh, oh, so the budget was only 750000 which, mm-hmm. I mean, back then, that's a solid amount. That's fine. Um, sorry. Candy cane issue. Oh. Uh, guess how much it made? I actually came across this in my notes. I know. But I will tell you exactly what I would have guessed. Yeah. Which was like 50000 Yeah. And it's $2.5 million. So yep, that's I know. <laughs> you yeah. sure do know that. Yep. <laughs> That's a lot more than I was anticipating. Uh-huh. We'll get into it. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I didn't look it up because I knew you were going to do maybe something with that. So I was like, I'm not going to look up the reason why. She'll tell it me. It was really difficult to avoid seeing that number because of I, what I did Nerd Quarter on. So. Kind of assumed. So that's why I was like, mm, I'm not that upset that you know. And I only have <laughs> just a few fun facts. Fun. Mm-hmm. So during filming, director Charles E. Sellier Jr., was uncomfortable with the murder sequences. So editor Michael Spence has to stand in as the director for those scenes, which makes me think, how much did you really direct? How much did you direct, babe? (laughs) Because this movie is all about murder. It's many much murder, yeah. It's just, so when they were like, oh, he just didn't do those. I was like, so what did he do, the beginning? But not even, like... (laughs) Santa by the roadside. Oh, got to check out. Got to go. I got to go. So like if you've seen this movie and you're with us on this journey, try to go ahead and count how many sequences he did do. Because I'm going to guess it's not a lot. So I thought that was funny. Also, uh, the orphanage that they are in is like an abandoned schoolhouse that they renovated. I thought that was neat. Um, Yeah. And like basically all the buildings were just like empty warehouses that they had to make into something. So, like, the toy store is just a giant empty warehouse that they were, like, yeah. make it. And, and you know what? I can kind of tell. Yeah. <laughs> there yep. were, like, times where I was, like, what a weird store. And then I was, like, mm, probably a set. <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs> so, those are my fun facts. Um, I, I, I don't even want to. Um, 
a, a traumatized child has a lot of misgivings about Santa. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Like Keep that? them wanting more. Very yeah. good. Well, they'll figure out what the misgivings are. Um, okay. So I chose two because they were both oh, quite pithy. Pithy is Rotten, toma- <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes says, uh-huh. an orphan raised by nuns grows up to be a killer toy store Santa Claus. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It kind of avoids the important parts, in my opinion. That's why I pulled IMDb. <laughs> Little Billy witnesses his parents getting killed by Santa after being warned by his senile grandpa that Santa punishes those who are naughty. Now Billy is 18 and out of the orphanage, and he has just become Santa himself. Okay, now that one's great. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Just become Santa himself? That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) This movie, (laughs) what a ride. A ride. A sleigh ride. A sleigh ride. That was good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, okay, before we might touch on this later, but they, while I was watching, there were certain scenes where the camera quality and the lighting quality was suddenly very different. And I think I know why that is now mm-hmm. from my research, but I wanted to talk to you about it. So just keep that back of your mind when we get to general topics. I'm sure I had a wrong reason for it, so I can't wait to figure out the right I'm reason. I'm just guessing based on some of the things I know about the version that was released. Oh, but okay. Where it's like, I'll just go ahead and tell you now. Uh, the, they had to do a lot to get it down to an R rating. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of the scenes that looked real weird were also ones that were noted as being cut in the R version, but the unrated version had those scenes. And so I think that they had been cut from the theatrical release and then added back i don't know how film works but (laughs) um that it's plausible um even if they had added them back though my thought was like they didn't do all of the good editing on those because they ended up taking them out and so they were like these are the unedited let's put it in this is me not understanding film at all (laughs) i I had, like, a movie version for why I thought they did it. I also had a theory before I read. Okay. Yeah, so I have a theory for that. But, like, that's not impossible, but the lighting is so saturated that I feel like it has to be edited a little. Yeah. Potentially, it was, like, a a purposeful edit that they had done to other things. Or, potentially, there's a reason for it, and we don't see it because it got cut. I don't know. But it seems okay. like it would be edited. That would be a lot to splice in and out. I mean, it's not that bad, I guess. There were like seven scenes that were cut out of the theatrical version. And they That's were all like bad. moments of heightened violence. And so one of yeah. my theories was that um, those were <laughs> like the camera's getting kind of blurry and like the colors are more yellow than usual or whatever because he's enraged. That's or, what like, I was he's becoming Santa. But I don't know. I don't. Anyway, <laughs> I said, let's talk about it later. And then I was like, no, we're talking about it now. <laughs> yeah. I assume. I don't know. That was a, that's a weird one. We'd have to, like, actually look it up and figure it out. Because okay. I feel like it's edited. Okay. But it absolutely could be spliced in. I mean, they had to splice out a lot of stuff. So they probably had to put a lot of stuff back in as well. Yeah. Potentially. There was um, also at or some point. Change it. 
Yeah, at some point they were like looking to see if there was like cut footage that someone found somewhere, and they're like, no, anything that was like cut, cut is just gone. Like it doesn't exist. They were like, there's secret tapes, and they're like, there sure aren't. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Silent yeah. Night, Deadly Night truthers out there. Uh huh. <laughs> I wish they'd be silent. <laughs> I wish they'd stop. <laughs> I'm Are so excited though. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm very okay. ready. So I legitimately consider doing a full-on screed about why I don't like Santa because I'm a very anti-Santa person. <laughs> <laughs> I also <laughs> thought about doing just like a fun little goof and like reading this unironicalism morality tale of like <laughs> they are trying to teach us the ways and we should listen. <laughs> Naughty. <laughs> <And> punish. <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> when I started reading about the release of the movie, I realized there was something slightly more relevant to cover than my anti-Santa, you know, rants. We'll save that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't worry. Next time we do a Santa Good. film, I'm ready. And there's so many. Uh, so many. Uh, but we've talked moral panics, and this does not exactly qualify as a moral panic because yeah. it didn't, like, rise to that level, and it didn't have, like, the specificity or, like, direction. But there was a big old commotion over the ads prior to and the release of this film theatrically. And I want to dig into that. So first off, (laughs) let's situate ourselves in time. We're in the mid 80s. Socially and politically in the 80s, there were two competing social forces. Definitely more than that, but two that are especially relevant for us. There were only two things happening in the 80s and they were. Yep. That's all they get. Uh, So. The economy was good. Political leaders are broadly reinforcing traditional values. And we're pretty familiar with that appeal to the good old days at this point. Um, Make America great again and all that nonsense. (laughs) So, yeah. I I was like, do I say it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's, like, politically. And there's, like, that social movement around that of being, like, focus on on the family. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm great. I'm good. Um, but politically, like, that's what's happening. And then socially, we have, or, like, on the pop culture side of things, we have performers like Prince and Madonna using sex and sensuality. Ultimately, these things are both tied up in capitalism, but they are kind of dueling socially. So traditional values versus Madonna's cone corset, you know? Mm-hmm. So looking more specifically at horror and the trend of films at this time, this falls squarely within the classical period for the slasher. We had Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas in 74, Halloween in 78, Friday the 13th in 1980, Slumber Party Massacre in 82, Sleepaway Camp in 83, and this gem landed in 84. Of that list, I think we've covered all of them, but Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) Uh, So when this came out, slashers were not new. They already knew, or we already knew that they got bloodier over time. Uh, Let's see. 84? More like 80 gore. (laughs) 80 gore! Okay, I like that. Thanks. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also know that slashers got bloodier over time, as you said, 80 gore. Uh, there is typically very little on-screen blood or gore in the OG slashers, but once you get around to the 80s, the blood really starts flowing. Uh, we know where we are and what films folks have generally seen around that time or at least been exposed to. Like in 84, this was not a shocking film on the merits in terms of like blood or plot. Really. Right. There was also a Christmas horror slasher in 80 called Christmas Evil, I think. Mm, and yeah. uh, it had, it was not nearly as well known, I think. 
Um, I but actually I, did read a tiny bit about that, about how yeah. it was like Santa murdering wasn't the first. This isn't the first one to yeah. do it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to maybe some of the differences there, but I don't know a ton about that one. But this is to say that this is not like the first time that blood was on screen or the first time that Santa murdered. Like none of this is actually new. Yeah. And as is typical, there are ad campaigns run for the film before the theatrical release. Interestingly, they were most concerned, the folks that were like doing all of mm-hmm. the ad campaigns and like preparing the release, they were most concerned about the representation of the Catholic Church because they have an abusive nun in the film. So when yeah. they were planning the release, they were looking at focusing on majority Protestant cities before taking it to cities with larger Catholic populations. They were like, the Protestants will love it. <laughs> yeah. What they did not expect, however, was to be metaphorically run out of town by folks up in arms over Santa. So what were the ads and what happened? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the ad campaign featured a Santa suit clad individual climbing down a chimney with a bloody axe. Mm-hmm. Parents freaked the fuck out. There was a combo of print ads and television ads, and the latter of which ran between family-friendly programming like Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> so that's that one is less than ideal, I do admit. <laughs> that was maybe not a great choice. Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> In between like the gentle prairie winds, you have Santa with a bloody axe. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Uh, but before the film even released, there were crowds at malls and theaters protesting the film. The backlash led to all advertisements being pulled six days after it first released in theaters. So, like, they just stopped running any ads. An article in Screen Rant points out that that most of the protests were driven by folks who hadn't seen the film and assumed that the Santa suit-clad fellow was not, in fact, an unwell 18-year-old boy who was going through a complex trauma, but was meant to actually be the Santa Claus. (laughs) It makes a difference, (laughs) according to them. Okay. Okay. With these massive protests and scathing reviews from well-known critics like Roger Ebert, the film was pulled from theaters not long after the ads were pulled. So it was only in theaters for a few weeks. Uh, It did well. (laughs) Yeah, it was successful while it was in theaters, but it had a short run because of the controversy and protests. Around Santa, not the... (laughs) Yep, so going back to those protests, why were folks so wound up over Santa? Why would it make a difference? They always are. They always are. They always are. (laughs) Why would it make a difference if someone was dressed as Santa doing violence versus the real Santa with an axe? Well, there is an editorial in Variety that said, quote, most protests were generated by the feeling that the depiction of a killer in a Santa Claus suit would traumatize children and undermine their traditional trust in Santa. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Why is this trust in Santa so important? As the producer Ira Barmack pointed out in an interview with People, quote, Santa Claus is not a religious figure. He's a mythic character. And that's why I find it so fascinating that we have this obsession with Santa. So Santa ain't real, okay? He's not, Yo. It's, not, it's not even like they're like, okay, we're going to take like a deeply treasured religious figure and no. have them be a murderer. It was like, we're going to take someone that children find out isn't real when they're 10. That ain't a and man. And do the thing. It's not a man. That's a fake man. He's a story. So we're going to get back to that. But I do also want People were like, excuse me, I need to take my son to the mall to sit on this strange man's lap, and now Uh, he's afraid of the strange man. You you made my child afraid of a man that watches him when he's sleeping and knows when he's awake and knows (laughs) if he's bad or good. (laughs) Look what you've done. So get out of here for fuck's sake. God. Uh, So (laughs) we'll get into it. The end of nerd 
Yeah, whatever. Uh, so critics were also unkind to this film when it was released. Gene Siskel and Roger Herbert. Er- <laughs> and Roger Herbert. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert co-hosted a television series called At the Movies, which was predictably a film review show. Over the years, the hosts varied, but the important part here is that it was a TV program hosted by well-known and respected film critics. On an episode of At the Movies, Siskel said to the writer, director, and studio the following, quote, You people have nothing to be proud of. Your profits truly are blood money. But a bunch of fucking Santa simps losing their mind. Uh-huh. And then Ebert agreed and said that he'd, quote, like to hear them explain to their children and their grandchildren that it's only a movie. Who get... I love this. Uh-huh. An this article on... Nerd you Corner say. alone is going to make me just give this movie a five. Just to spite all these people who are like, Santa! I found myself liking this film the more I read about how much cis men hated it. They're I was like, like, oh, I love it now. <laughs> they made this Santa look bad. Yeah, good. So, yeah. Good. You hate it? I'll love it even harder. Yeah, honestly. I'm like, I will watch it again. Just I'll rent it again. Just to... Yeah. Continue, I'm ready. (laughs) So an article on Film School Rejects summarized the general ire as thus, quote, For critics, the murderous St. Nick was at best a cheap ploy to gain attention and at worst an insulting misstep. For viewers, it was a direct attack on the sanctity of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And there was a review in an Illinois paper that made me absolutely cackle. And when I searched the writer, I didn't really find anything other than this article. So I don't think they were, like, a well-known film critic. They could have been, like, a local writing about a movie they hate or could have been, like, a local film buff or whatever. I don't know. But what I do know is that this review made me absolutely laugh out loud. So here is part of Charles Ostrich's review of... On, nope. How do, how do you say this name? Ready. O-E-S-T-R-E-I-C-H. Ostrich? You gotta go slower. <laughs> O-E... S-T-R-E-I-C-H. God, I wish I had stayed with you. Ostrich. Ostrich. I, I really want to say ostrich. I'm afraid it's like ostrich, but I'm going to say ostrich because that you is what my You say O-S and my brain checks out and goes, she's spelling ostrich. <laughs> it was <Okay>. O-E-S. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> okay. So here's uh, part of Charles Ostrich's Ostriches, yes. <laughs> review in the Rock Island Argus titled, mm-hmm. quote, Notoriety Exploits Dismal Less Than Mediocre Film. He really doesn't want you to know what he's going to write about until you get into yeah, the article. He like wants sure. you to build to mm-hmm. it. So, direct quote. I find myself, along with countless others, including most likely you, the reader, appalled at the callousness of the movie's producers. They will do anything for the almighty buck. I echo your sentiments. Isn't anything sacred? What other things do we hold sacred that could be turned into vehicles for a cheap slasher film? Motherhood? How about a slasher running around carrying a baby? The flag? I think Uncle Sam has been used. Apple pie? Now that might be interesting. The killer dressed as a red delicious rotten to the core, sauce to his stem, striking out with his trusty paring knife. Are there any holidays left that haven't been memorialized with an exploitation film? Thanksgiving? A turkey running amok? Columbus Day, the 4th of July, Veterans Day. Actually, Easter has the most promise. The killer dressed up as a bunny or a chicken or a hard-boiled killer dressed as an egg. And then he said, egg killer. And then of slashers, he said, quote, the kids go to be shocked and enjoy it vocally when they are. 
Moreover, much of the impact of these movies depends upon the audience. See a slasher film with a receptive audience, one filled with teenage girls who love their who love to scream their heads off at the slightest excuse. Love it. And the film to the teenage mind becomes effective. That's one reason I have real problems with the avalanche of publicity given Silent Night, Deadly Night. It's creating an initial large audience that generates just by sheer volume quantities of screams and noise, thus leaving the average teenage audience member satisfied when he leaves. He communicates that to his peers, and presto, you've got a hit. But the movie is junk. Its only claim to fame is its exploitation of a sacrosanct icon, Santa Claus. It is reprehensible. (laughs) Okay, all right. First of all, relax, okay? Relax. It ain't that serious. Uh Uh-uh. Okay. Second of all, all those movies he described slap. So, (laughs) mistake on his part. They sound great. And, like, Columbus Day is already, like, a slasher in history. Like, it's already bad. I would love to see a slasher where the weapon is just a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just, like, heavy. Just a little baby. Aside from, like, the very clear, like, way that he's weaponizing, like, patriotism and all those things, it's also very clear that this is, first of all, the 80s, and then also, like, very patriarchal and heteronormative, because he's like, what about motherhood? And it's like, the average audience, when he leaves, says this, and he does. And it's like, okay, I know that we weren't broadly using they, but, like, you were automatically saying that the average audience is male, and you're saying that motherhood... Anyway, so there's a lot, like, in even just, like, the small sentence structure that really gets me going. That was one of the funniest quotes you've ever read. Uh huh. Truly incredible. <laughs> Potentially a, a longer a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> What's a hard-boiled next? egg. <laughs> yeah, man. The next is a hard-boiled egg. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna make millions, and I'll I laugh would watch at you. it. I, I would watch it. it. I bet that movie would be all it's cracked up to be. to be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like taglines for all of these. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll get there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I watched Velocipaster. I'll watch anything. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, these sound fine. Like, yeah. I would love to watch this. Yeah. I don't so, know. Uh, Santa is sacred, if you didn't know. Absolutely. And that was potentially a longer digression than was needed. But, dear God, I love reading moral panics about Santa, especially when someone is just like clutching all of the pearls that they own all at once. The only person that we should idolize around Christmas is uh, Baranski's Martha May Huvier from the live-action <gasps> Grinch. Now, that oh, yeah. is a... Mommy. Oh, that's <laughs> a Christmas figure we can all get behind. <laughs> and I would like to. And I would like to yes. do that. <laughs> Please Martha and thank May, you. Martha it's your season. <laughs> Ridiculous. So, everyone was focused on Santa Claus. Like, that was the reason for this outrage it wasn't that there was a lot of blood in itself it wasn't that there was like mental illness being stigmatized there none of that was the anger it was purely our kids are now going to be afraid of santa and also how dare you defile the purity of our dear santa claus it's so funny because when i read about this it says it's like controversial film and i was like oh yeah like it's pretty intense yeah i didn't know it was controversial because people were like my santa (laughs) oh no my santa it's defiled (laughs) it's defiled (laughs) it's a classic (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> so everyone was focused on Santa and how exploitative it was to use his likeness in a horror film. And I find it hilarious because advertisers in every other fucking field use Santa to make money. But what if the outrage here is because this use of Santa iconography threatens their Santa-based profits? Was there perhaps backlash because our celebration of Santa Claus reinforces consumerism? If we don't center Santa Claus and gift giving, then maybe there's not the push for parents crowding the aisles of Toys R Us. As we learned last year with Gremlins, Christmas is a spending holiday like no other in the U.S. God, that was rough. I know. I still feel bad about doing I that know. to you. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> but if there's a threat to sales, that threat will be squashed. I'm admittedly jaded, especially around Christmas and Santa, but I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that our death grip on Santa as a sacred figure is not at least in part driven by Santa's role in upholding consumerism. And I also find it telling that the <laughs> exploitation that the most prominent critics are up in arms about is not about using sexual violence as a plot point, no. but instead, the man in the red suit is ours and you cannot make him scary. So we have that sweet, sweet selective outrage. God. All in all, this feels very much like a movie of the 80s with the associated moral qualms yeah. of the masses. And that was The Santa Panic. It's a panic. Oh, my God. Put that right up there with the clown panic. Oh, my God. That's so good. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine I, Santa clown? I, no. I'd rather you. not, but. Please, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> what Could you imagine this thing that you'll have a nightmare about for the next year? You Can you welcome. imagine this thing that nobody likes? <laughs> That'd be wild. Let's, like, double down. <laughs> I think oh. it's good. So that's Nerd Corner. God, I just really wanted was... to tell you <laughs> about Santa Panics. <laughs> I never in I never thought that I would have a movie where I got to say Santa Simps. But I did, and I appreciate yeah. that. Thank you. This actually reminds me of a quote that I have in my notes because uh let me find it fine night deadly night chaos notes uh it was quoted directly from does the dog die yeah and it was going through i was going through to make the content warnings and one of yeah. this gun violence and this person said this movie has gun violence both by santa claus and against santa claus which is really something if you think about it <laughs> which is really something if you but think if you about think it, about it. <laughs> That is really something. I didn't think about it, but now I am. Thank you. That's so, great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to top Nerd Corner. <laughs> um, my notes are not that great, but I have seen the ending. I'm ready. Yeah. I know what happens, and I'm ready to talk about it. Let's get it. Let's get, let's get, let's get it. I'm ready. Oh, God. My, my weather app is still saying that we have a winter storm warning. Yeah, by the yeah. way, everybody, we're stuck because there's a winter storm. Oh, oh wow. yeah. So, there's, yeah, there's, sorry, there's some cars outside being affected by the winter storm. Oh, <laughs> they're okay. Yeah, the audio sounds different. It's because we are recording remotely. Yeah. And, so, uh, drove over to Nikki's, which should take like about five minutes. It took 15. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, people are going to be like, then why are you recording remotely if you were there? Listen, there were reasons. Oh. There are reasons. There are reasons. Uh, the wind chill is below zero, and it's like, this is, you know, this is for the yeah. people. This is for everyone listening. I did two sessions of heating up my car to, like, de-ice it and get all the snow off, because we had four inches of snow last night, as you know, because you cleaned off someone right. else's car. Yeah. And uh, 
in between, like I turned my car for maybe like 10 minutes. When I go back out, the condensation inside the car had frozen on the windows. Frozen. And so I had to get my credit card out and like scrape them down. And I was afraid my car doors would freeze shut and a snowplow would like shut me in if I stayed at yours to record. And let me tell you, that's a fair thing. Because my car is frozen shut. I tried to go to Kate's. That was the whole reason. I was like, Kate, I'll be there. Don't worry. I fucking, my car, I can't open it. It's just stuck. So uh, if audio sounds weird, mind your business. It's cold. (laughs) It's cold. (laughs) It's cold. Uh, Temperature affects audio. There you are. Science. Can you believe it? Can you believe? All right. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. Let's get these notes as I can't find them. Just kidding. I found them. All right. I, I wrote a perfect intro, and I don't... Now I'm like, what was the intro that I loved it so much? What happens in the... Uh, so the intro has the wreath, and it's like, Silent Night, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bomb, bomb, and it that has the Deadly it. Night. <laughs> I loved it. Okay. Yeah, clearly I loved I, it, too. Clearly I was a fan, because I yeah. wrote perfect intro, and then I wrote, yeah. the music is so spooky. The music is great, because it's it's what I can only describe as Christmas music, but like through some sort of nightmare filter with like, unhinged bells yes unhinged bells because like in my head i'm like yeah that's christmas music i guess but it's christmas music if i was also just like so terrified they i was it. briefly in a bell choir so i know what unhinged bells sound like and yeah it's this <laughs> it was just like watching like yeah like a bell choir like if you gave a bunch of little kids bells and you went do your best and they were like ah! you know and that's I what would the never music give a child was. a bell. No, I know never. so much better than to give a child a bell. Not this movie. They didn't know better. <laughs> it's it's so good. I love the music. It was just unhinged and like oh, it's great. Also, my next note is just ugly baby. Oh yeah. I hate to say it. I'm sorry, but that that baby, whoo, he was ugly. Yep. Uh, we can't all be winners. Okay. No. Huh? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> my favorite, <laughs> my favorite quote of the whole movie, I think, is. It's not easy to say bad things about old people. Because <laughs> I was like, beg to differ. I think it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, yeah. Oh, God. Um, but yeah. Um, so my one of my favorite effects of this movie was the very first uh, gunshot wound. Um, oh, yep. It, so, spoiler alert, Santa in the very beginning is a real bad guy. Um, yeah. Not real Santa, everybody. Don't get up in arms, okay? Uh, <laughs> the real Santa. one comes later in the film. Don't worry. Yeah, later. Uh, so basically this guy is robbing a store or whatever dressed as Santa, but he shoots this man, right, in the chest and he falls. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But then he shoots him, like, in the head and uh-huh. you, like, hear the shot and you just see the man laying there. And then as if they just did a quick cut, a bullet just appears in his head. Uh-huh. And it starts going, bloop, and the, it drips so aggressively that I wrote, the blood just went, bloop. Because <laughs> it was like, shot. <laughs> I can't. I know I'm not describing it well. Kate can see what I'm doing. It's like the bullet and then immediately there's just blood dripping down so hard. Amazing. It looks like they were making a stop motion for just a second. <laughs> like, just a second. They were like, like, what if we did stop motion? And then they went, uh-uh, no. <laughs> they were like, no, it takes way too long. It took us three weeks to do 10 minutes. They bailed quick. They were oh, like, yeah. we can't. Um, that being said, I said, this opening is rough. As in, like, the yeah. whole beginning is rough. Grim. 
That's why um, I texted you 15 yeah. minutes into the movie. <laughs> and I was like, hey, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> Kate doesn't usually text me about the content warnings. She's just like, yeah, all right. But the, this one, you were like, hey, listen. And I was like, all right, geez. <laughs> and at that point, I was like dog sitting at my grandma's who has a spooky house. So I was like, Kate, no, I can't. <laughs> I thought you were going <laughs> to tell me something like scary. And I was like, uh-uh. But then I was like, oh, content warnings. I'll just not watch it right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I saved it. Um, but yeah, it's rough. So if you haven't watched it yet, just be warned. It's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. Look at our content warnings. Maybe yeah. look up some other ones if you're feeling up to it. <laughs> Check them out. Yeah. Um, I will say only like, I think it only happened like once or twice, but the frame rate just gets funky <laughs> a little bit when they're zooming yes. in on the St. Mary sign. It's like, uh, like fast and jarring. I was like, oh, oh, oh. And I genuinely couldn't tell if it was for effect or just because they were like, eh. <laughs> I don't know. There's no way to know the movie from the 80s. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I just thought it was really funny because it was just like, eh, 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 eh. like, it's like so choppy. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the music was haunting though when they did that. I loved it. It was just mm-hmm. so like intense. Uh, oh, spooky. Um, also, they should have listened to the nun. There was like one nun making sense this whole Sister movie. Margaret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she kept making very good, obvious points. And the other nuns were like, well, just really Mother Superior. Just kept going, ha ha, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> she really just would be like, shut your mouth. <laughs> and that was like the end of the conversation. And I was like, girl, stand up for yourself. <laughs> Yeah, Mother Superior uh, was very much the when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you person. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm not a fan. I know it might be controversial to say that I'm not a fan of Mother Superior, but... I'm going to say it didn't no. like her. No. <laughs> She's a good villain. I mean, she was a good, like... I don't know how to say it, but, like, a good uh, codifier? Like, she created hmm. this, like... Uh, not created because the trauma obviously for this poor boy was created by santa she like reinforced and reflected yeah Yeah, like basically she just made it worse like she was the reason she amplified it (laughs) there we go the amplifier i think is the word i'm looking for like she just made it so much worse she was like oh you're traumatized by santa well let me tell you that punishment is divine and also literally beat you she was the worst and it yeah. but it but it was like a perfect storm like i was like the worst thing that could have happened to this poor child who had a chance to just chance. get better and this woman was like no and that was rough yeah but she's an interesting character you know i was like interesting. yes um also they had a really great amount of just long hallway shots yeah. with like one thing to look at and I thought that was so great one of my favorite shots was when um he's in the hallway I think about to go play downstairs like outside um and it's just an empty hallway with the tiniest cross on the wall and I was just like oh god it was so mm-hmm. ominous and it I don't even know if it was meant to be or if that was artsy or I don't know but it felt ominous to me too but I also right? don't know if it was meant to be ominous. right I'm like did you guys accidentally put in like a, a very beautiful Kubrick-esque shot right now or <laughs> I don't I don't know but yeah it was great but the also another great thing they did is they would use lighting like super well to just get like not emotion but just I don't know what was happening through to the audience like the keyhole that was so great the keyhole was good it's just so simple it's just such a simple way to be to like we know he's looking through the keyhole blah 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 but it reminded me of have you ever have you seen Adam's Family? Yes. Okay. 
you know how Morticia has lights always on just her eyes? I don't know if you noticed, but... Yeah. So it, it reminded me of like how they use lighting to show off either what's happening or something about a character. Like that was just such a... Oh, and they do it to Wednesday sometimes too. And it's really, really interesting. Um, just to show like, I don't know, she's got very intense eyes and they showed it off and it became not just an effect, but like a character trait. Cause like she would be in the room and someone else would be in the same room and only she would have that lighting. So the keyhole reminded me of that, of like, we know what's happening. We know he's looking through it, but they give us this obvious little thing to be like, wasn't that fun? (laughs) Lovely. Again, did they know what they were doing or were they just... Where they just like stumbling upon really cool stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Because the movie's a mess. But I liked it a lot. Yeah. Also, the 70s were terrible. You could do anything in the 70s, truly. Anything. When that, just it, nothing mattered. This poor kid was growing up. And I was like, dang, in the 70s? <laughs> um, unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Also, I love when he punched Santa. That was great. He just fucking decks him. He's just like, ow! Boom! I loved that. (laughs) It was so good. And then, I don't remember what part I'm referencing, but I wrote, that freeze frame. What did they say? Okay. Because I had this too in my notes. Okay, so Billy uh, is having like a nightmare or like, he's like, I want to be good. I want to be good. And it's after, I think it's after he punches Santa, he goes, he runs, he hides in a quarter and he's just like crouched on the ground, staring up. And oh my like, God, you're right. For him. And he's just like, I didn't mean it. I want to be good. And his eyes are just like, ah, that was such a good moment. Yeah. Just, oh my God. I, I will say this movie is uh, haunting the whole time. Yeah. The little kid is great. His acting Even with was, his mullet. Yeah. I loved the mullet. It was I, fitting. I don't like mullets, but it was fitting. <laughs> I'm a fan. Uh, I thought he was great. But I his acting was just so, um, like, muted. But yeah. it, it made sense for his character. So I was like, this is great. Again, did they do it on purpose? <laughs> I can't tell you. But that kid was great. Was he given yeah, he no was. direction or was he just really good? I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps we've got some good people working on this. I don't know. Who's to say? Um, Billy grew up to be so handsome, mullet and all. Unfortunately, yeah. he didn't keep the mullet. I was sad. Okay. <laughs> I think if he had kept it, way funnier of a film. It would have been much funnier, yes. <laughs> um, the, the montage of him just being like a little stand-up citizen. I I have obsessed. so many about that. Do you? <laughs> I want to yes. hear him. I'm ready. Uh, let me find it. Um, ba-dum, ba-dum. Uh, let's see. He is shown repeatedly being upstanding and kind and gentle. He turns down the lunchtime beer and holds up his carton of milk. He is the character of good natured. And then he sees a painted Santa on a banner that makes a jizz in my pants face. And then my note is I could have watched maybe another 10 minutes of Billy being wholesome in increasingly specific and strange ways. <laughs> I just <laughs> wanted to be specific. It was so funny. Just the so milk. Funny. The milk. Nah, <laughs> I got my milk. No thanks. Uh-huh. Like, it's <laughs> just so specific and him, that like, one was the one where i was just like oh, i need you to hold on it was and then and then it gets to the santa and he's like oh, and he <gasps> makes that horrible face it does look yeah. like he just in his pants Thank you. he just looks at santa and he's like <gasps> and i'm like oh my man yeah and i thought it was great i mean especially after you've watched him 
be a stand-up citizen with his milk. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just thought it was great. So, whether intentional or not, it's fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, also, that apron he wears the whole time makes him look like a Jedi. So yes! That was also fun. I was going to say the same. I don't understand I, the purpose of that type of garment, but... I don't know, but I loved it so much. <laughs> incredible. Um, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, but how it's just a warehouse, like, in that they mm-hmm. filled with, like, toys, blah, blah, blah. It's so weird that you can just kind of tell... I, yeah. I can't explain what about it. I don't know if it's that everything looks a little too small. Like, mm. and it doesn't feel like we've talked about this before. It doesn't feel like lived in. Like, yeah, sometimes you can just tell with set dressings that it, it feels like it doesn't feel like a set. It feels like a home or, you know, whatever it's supposed to feel like. Yeah. The toy store. I can't explain why exactly, but it literally felt like a warehouse pretending to be a toy store the whole it time. It felt like you could feel how high the ceilings were, like warehouse yes. ceilings. And when I used to work at a used bookstore, it was in the strangest fucking building. And it had those high fucking ceilings. You can tell. And it had like the big like barn doors to the back where it was like pavement, basically. Yeah. It was, it was a very strange building and it felt very much like that. It was weird. It's like, even though they're not really showing it to you, I could feel the ceilings. I could, yep. like, feel the empty space just not uh-huh. being used. Yep. It, it's like, if they had panned away and just shown, like, the other half of an empty warehouse, I would have been like, yeah, that checks out. Yep. I. It felt very compressed. It, mm. It's like, because, like, you know how a lot of films will get camera angles or camera, sh- like, shots that go through a whole house or they show us so you can get the lay of the land yeah this was like cut to this area cut to this area and it would be very small like it's not like you're seeing a bunch of negative space you were seeing what they wanted you to see and i think it's because they were like well we built this set we're not going to build more yep yeah so the front of the store felt inconsistent to me from like daytime when like the last person leaves to when she is trying to run out with the axe and then she gets (laughs) shot with an arrow (laughs) but i agree like it does feel very constrained and small and inconsistent yeah it was mostly i would say like the orphanage and the Mm. toy store because the rest is houses they did a better job at making those feel like homes i Mm -hmm. suspect because they probably were people's homes that they were like yeah Yeah. all right we'll we'll shoot here you know it's like oh do you have a pool table perfect exactly like it felt like the sound guy was like oh i have that you know So those He's like, you don't mind taxidermy, do you? (laughs) No, we love it. (laughs) It's perfect. Those felt better. So once we got out of those very enclosed spaces and into what felt like an actual location, I I was like, yeah, okay. I'm starting to see it. Um, Also, I was pretty happy that the stockroom guy died. He bothered me. Andy, yeah, I did not like him. I was so confused, too, because at first, he makes a horrible comment to this girl, right? Where he's like, I've got a gift I've been wanting to give you all day. And you're like... It's his dick. Gross. It's his dick. But then she goes, okay. So I was like, are they dating? It, it makes you think that because, like, right. they were making out in the back. But I think what I took from it is that, yes, they were dating. But she had set up very clear boundaries. And he was okay. like, but my dick. Right. Okay. I just couldn't tell for sure if it was that they were dating or if he was just nasty the entire time time I mean he was it couldn't it could also entirely be that who's to say I I don't know if there's actually a way to know (laughs) he died and I was fine with it yeah um 
the way that he talks to the little kids too when he becomes Santa, terrifying. I think it's only the one little girl, but yeah, that was so scary. The way it cuts between him saying like, you need to be good. And the yep. mom going, he's got such a way with kids. <laughs> Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. And so spooky. I loved it. She walks away just like deer in the headlights, terrified. And, and I tried- said- Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, so I just said, maybe Santa is evil, though. Like, Maybe he is. <laughs> they were singing that song about him, and I was like, maybe maybe Santa is evil. Yeah. So. Uh, he tried so long to be patient with that child. He was like, please, stay still. Please, stop. Please, stop. And then finally he was like, if you don't stop moving, Santa will punish you severely. And she's like, what? <laughs> it was so, he's like, stop moving. And then finally just snaps. Yup. It was so good. I, again, the whole time, Billy, from child to, like, young kid to adult or teen, mm-hmm. he's a great actor. I, I think oh, yeah. the guy nailed it. He he really just, he cracked me up, but also was unsettling, and that's a good, fun thing, line to walk, you know? <laughs> I have to show you a picture when we're done recording. Okay. Because, uh, like, the oldest Billy that we see looks so much like someone that I actually know. Who really? is just one of the sweetest people in the world. And so when Billy like smiles, I was like, oh, that's so-and-so. And then when he goes into a murderous rage, like, I was like, oh no, don't do it. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Um, I have to show oh, you a picture of this guy. This is my note about the color too. Where we were talking about the, where we can't tell if it was. Yeah. Uh, I said it was so interesting. I It becomes like super green. Yeah. I thought that it was supposed to be like, like a like a flashback almost like not a flashback but like him becoming santa his moment of like yeah i am santa now and because they seem to only do it on povs shots yeah so i kind of took it as like he thinks he's santa so his his vision is clouded with this green mm-hmm. christmasy color and i was like oh like rose colored glasses except uh. christmas um that's what i kind of thought it, it felt like yeah. it was like this this uh representation of his Christmassy rage. Mm. But then again, it could just be that they, again, is it intentional? I don't know. This movie stumbled upon a lot of fun things and I don't know if they were purposeful or not, but I kind of don't care. So yeah, at first I was like, okay, I don't know if these are specifically shots from like his angle where he would be seeing this. And then I was like, it could just be that this was filmed 40 years ago and every now and then they got a dud on like right. their film or like something happened or like whatever because wasn't there like uh the visual director of a film was like fired because his shots were blurry like we talked about this yes for one of we the have movies. talked about that but um, so it's very possible <laughs> yeah so i was i came up with like three theories one of them was it's just kind of shitty filming or like editing at this part one of them was it is him in his descent into Santa madness. Right. And then the third was all of the times that I noticed that were scenes that were cut at certain parts for Mm. the theatrical release. So it's possible that it is just, that's how it is. (laughs) Yeah. No way to know. So either way, no matter what, I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. It it made me feel like I was in a POV for him. And Mm. I was like, Oh God, I'm blinded by Christmas. So regardless, um, it was compelling. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, yeah. accident or not, I just enjoyed it. Um, yeah. Also, they had the, even though this was shot in 84, it had some great 1970 zooms. You know, you know the ones where they the, like. 
Which the one? triple zoom, where yes. it's uh, Mr. Sims, and he has the hammer coming out of his forehead, and it's the woman. I just call her the lady who knows what's up. Right. I don't remember her name. But it's the bum, 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 where it, like, zooms in in three. Like, it's that yes. beautiful triple zoom, and I, like, put it in all caps because I was overwhelmed with joy. There's a triple zoom that we love from, like, uh-huh. and it's so, it feels so 1970s. I'm not saying it actually is. It just yeah. makes me feel like it. Yeah. But then there's also the classic cut to an image of something far away and then go, zoom <laughs> in <gasps> on it and uh-huh. you're like yeah yeah <laughs> they did that with i i think it's like a hat or, or something in the toy store and you're looking at it from far away and you know what it yeah. is already but then they go but what if we were closer <laughs> and uh i love that yeah um and then right after that they do a moment with her hat that i love i think it's a woman that knows what's up can't remember her yep. real name um but they do like a really um great moment of her pinning her hat talking to mr sims i think uh-huh so you're 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 well aware that she's wearing this hat it, it's like and they and they do a good job of being like look how much work she put into pinning it in it'd be hard to take off right so even i was convinced when he like hit it i was like she's so dead yep and then when i was like it's a decoy hat uh-huh and she knocks over like <laughs> yeah. some boxes and then just books it it like actually got me. I was like, yeah. dang, they yeah. did such a, that was a good moment. Cause I was it like, was. oh, that's all, those hats are hard to pin in. Yeah. She's probably wearing mm-hmm. that hat. Yep. So good on them. Loved it. Bow and arrow. That's amazing. Good weapon. Uh, that might be my scariest moment. I'll leave it. This movie had more boobs than slumber party massacre almost. Yeah. Christmas yeah. tits. I wrote for some reason. Christmas tits. Christmas tits. Chris tits. Nope. Uh, <laughs> oh, that might be my my scariest moment. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, and I think that's mostly all of my my notes, except for those one I'm about to say. But for the most part, accidental or not, I just thought this movie was really spooky, really well done, and they had moments where they would like have really good attention to detail, and it felt so out of place for a movie that was so buck wild. Mm-hmm. but i was just like okay <laughs> and i like it more now just despite everyone else so yeah i'll say that same but i will say one of my favorite moments not my scariest moment but probably my funniest moment in this entire movie is when he is in the house and the little girl's like santa and he's like you've been good and she's like so good and he just shakily gives her a box cutter and instead of being like thank you or what the fuck she just looks at it and is like Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's just so accurate. Like a yeah. child truly was like, I don't, I, I don't get it. Okay. Like, <laughs> I, he left at the right time. Cause she was three seconds away from saying this is a bad gift. Exactly. And murdered. Exactly. I kept waiting for it. I was like, girl, don't say anything. And then said, she just kept looking at him like, what, what, what? <laughs> and it was just such a good little kid moment of being like, I, I've been taught not to be ungrateful, but what the fuck? Yup. <laughs> so that got a yep. good laugh out of me. A good guffaw, if you will. <laughs> oh, I, I, I laughed pretty heartily there. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, that those, those are my, my notes about stuff. I just liked it. <laughs> nice. Uh, let me look at mine. So I already told you about the, like, wholesomeness. Uh-huh. Uh, I have... I, like, as Mother Superior was talking, I wrote down what she said because I was like, this is so fucking sinister. And it was like, what they were doing was something very, very naughty. They thought they could do it without being caught, but we are always caught and we are punished. Punishment is absolute. Punishment is necessary. Ugh. Punishment is good. 
And I'm like, you really just ruined this child. I mean, like, he was already going to struggle because, right. you know, PTSD and, like, trauma. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... <laughs> he has his... Like, he saw, like, you know, the... Um, two teens that were smorching and all that right. stuff. And so, like, he's having that memory when he's, like, older and he, like, puts himself and Pamela in there. And then Santa's there and stabs him. And I was like, it's not easy being horny and afraid of Santa. It's just, like, a rough combo to balance. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah. Pray um, for us out here. <laughs> it's Pray hard. for us bitches that are horny and scared of Santa. <laughs> Every day is a struggle in December. Oh, God. And the Who Lady, and it's just rough. Now that movie's hard to watch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, And then I have a note. I didn't dig into this because I really considered going through different cultural depictions of, like, Santa and, Mm -hmm. like, Christmas season, uh, like, themes and depictions and stuff. Because, like, Santa is not obviously universal, and uh, I don't remember, like, we learned about it in French class. I think the French have, like, Père Noël, but they're, like, across multiple different cultures, there is, like, a punishing figure at the holidays. Right. Where it's not just, he'll give you coal, which is more of just, like, not getting a good gift, but there's also, like, he will beat the bottom of your feet with a switch. So, like... There definitely are, like, cultural figures that are punishers around the Christmas time. Yeah. And I was like, is there a thread of that in the U.S. that goes past, like, you get a shit gift, you know? Uh, but I didn't end up going into that, so. <laughs> Dang. I wonder if there is. There probably is. Oh, there has to be. <laughs> but I, you know, ended up going over Santa panics. So I was like, we'll talk about Santa later, I guess. I'm so glad or you this did. type of Santa. <laughs> Santa um, panics. <laughs> uh, and then... I pull over very few of my notes because this movie was just, like, me trying to keep up with what was happening. Wild. Uh, but, like, he's when he's watching Pamela get assaulted by his coworker, he's, like, all in his own trauma, and he's ignoring that a woman's trauma is also valid in its own right. It is entirely related to how it reminds him of his own and like that doesn't make his trauma less valid but it also doesn't make her trauma less valid in that like she is experiencing something traumatic it is triggering to him because he experienced someone else being traumatized in the same way right but it's like all of our visualizations of violence against women is as it pertains to billy's psyche and it's like not about their like violence against them in their own right and that was something that pissed me off oh it was rough i was like okay It's just, how does it affect Billy? (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, she is getting assaulted, and he's just like, oh, no, my mom's tits were out in the snow. And it's like, yes, traumatizing, but also. But Billy. (laughs) Billy, Pamela's right here, and she needs your help. (laughs) So, uh, and then uh, when, I don't know when this happens, but... I just have the note of my transformation into Slasher Santa is complete. And <laughs> like, okay. I feel like it's when he gets the axe. Yeah, probably. He's like, grabs it off the wall and you're like, ah, yes, we've uh-huh. done it. And my axe. <laughs> and my axe. <laughs> uh, that movie would be so different. 
so different <laughs> oh okay so you know how on left for dead there are those like things of like replace this with this oh I want, yeah i want to watch lord of the rings replace gimli with santa <laughs> i would watch the shit out of that i would it'd be hilarious oh man oh, uh God. and then it's hard to sneak when you're wearing jingle bells so oh yeah i I said, and I was wrong, Santa isn't super stealthy, but then he defo is able to sneak up around people. And so it's like, okay, so he's like multi-classed. He's a ranger, rogue, and barbarian. (laughs) And then later he like quadruple classes into monk as well when he's fighting Jimmy or Tommy, whatever the fuck. And so I was like going through, I was like, what else is he? Is he going to be a wizard too? He's got it all, baby. He's got it all. Um, And when... He's killing the woman who knows what's up. Yeah. It's like she falls into the fake snow, blood mingling among the snowflakes. And it's like purity and death and violence. And I was like, okay, that's a striking image that is definitely very common. All right. Uh, and, the, and now we've come full circle. Billy is hiding in the ditch and a violent Santa is loose. In this moment, he is both Billy in the ditch and the violent Santa. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh. Poor ditch uh, Billy, you know? Yeah. Oh. Uh, and then Sister Margaret is in the police station, and the cop is, like, kind of hesitant to wake her up, and is like, never wake a sleeping nun, right? Never. It's like a phrase, like, let sleeping nuns lie. <laughs> you know how it goes about the uh, sleeping nuns. Yeah, everyone knows that, old ditty. Uh, and then maybe if we were honest as a society about Santa to begin with, maybe this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's neither here nor there. And then my very last note of this film is the Santa curse lives on in the bloodline. I that was the fucking funniest thing. Funniest. Um, Saddest. Naughty. (laughs) Naughty. I was like, yeah, get her. Um, One of my favorite lines also is when the nun is asleep. He doesn't Mm -hmm. let the sleeping nun lie. He wakes her up. Nope. And she goes, any news? And he goes, all bad, sister. sister. (laughs) I wrote that and I cackled. (laughs) All bad, sister. I love it. I was like, not beating around the bush. He truly nope. was like, I have nothing good to tell you. Uh-huh. All bad, sister. It's like the murdering has continued. <laughs> we don't have coffee. I just, I was laughing so hard. There were so many good one-liners. Oh, God. Oh, so many. Oh, that was good. Uh, scariest <sighs> moment. Yes. Or is there um, anything else from general that you'd like to discuss? No, okay. <laughs> I, we got it covered. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't mind if you know yours. I had my oh yes I do have it now okay you go first though okay um so honorable mention goes uh-huh. to uh the woman who knows what's up uh-huh. laying in the snow yeah. with the dancing Santas because I hate yes. animatronics and the sinister nutcrackers yes I don't like creepy like vintage animatronics they just they're, creep me out yeah mm-hmm. so when they're like we dancing around her and she's dead. It just creeped me out. But then yes. <laughs> this part happened and I went, never mind. Um, it was the antlers. Yeah. That part freaked me out. Yeah. Um, this poor girl. Don't have sex. Don't be horny in December when Santa's around. Don't be clearly. horny in December. Because again, poor girl, tits out. She didn't deserve yep. it. Um, no. He like, while he's going naughty and saying like punishment. Yep. <laughs> he like puts her on this antler and like stabs her. But I feel like, unlike other slashers, this was a very, very slow, drawn-out moment. And actually, I think it was even longer in the unrated. Yeah. It was listed as shortened for yeah. our ratio. They, like, show the process of the antlers protruding from her front. Yeah. yeah. So 
gross. And it's not the gross part that gets me. It's just like anytime someone is like suspended from something Mm -hmm. and and dead, it just creeps me out. So, yeah. For me, it's anytime someone has enough time to realize what's happening to them. That too. And it's like a slow pain. Yeah. It was very much... I, I know what's going to happen, but I can't do anything about it. And that always just creeps me out. It's like but, helplessness. Yeah. And also just like the, 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 the weapon being antlers on a wall. Like that's just, it's just gross and unexpected and yeah. got me. Um, but yeah, I, it, it just creeped me out. Tits yeah. out. So sad. Didn't deserve it. Tits out. So, so sad. Tits out so My sad. summary. <laughs> My summary for this is tits out yeah. so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were just, like, really packing in all of, like, sexual innuendo that they could, though. Because oh, Because she yeah. goes out. She is wearing literally just, like, shorts and no top. And it's like, I mean, you do you, but you are opening up a door to the outside where there are humans. And she's going to get a cat. So she is going out, tits out, to get a pussy. And then she opens the door and she yells, Woody. <laughs> and I'm just like, come all on. Right. <laughs> like, relax. I'm just Style like. Dial it back. Anyway, because I was expecting them to make that joke. Like, that's the reason that like right. all of those things were, like, forefront is because it's, like, this joke is not um, shy about making those, like, references. No, this and movie so was, like, was not above eating some low-hanging fruit. We, we know. <laughs> and I respect it. I respect <laughs> I'm not mad. Not mad. <laughs> I just, I respect it. Yep. Uh, my scariest moment, like I knew it was going to happen. I called it in my fucking notes, but it didn't stop it from being uh, startling. And to me, it wasn't actually scary. I laughed, but it was like a tension building it moment. Got me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's when the cop is going downstairs, like he's uh, going around the outside of the orphanage, yeah. and then he decides, oh, there's this shack. I'm alone, so I should definitely go into a building where I can be locked in without yeah. any backup and no one knowing where I am. Absolutely. This sounds like a really good idea. Also, I have just killed an innocent old man. So sad. That was so sad. I was like, this is grim as shit. And so that's why one of my potential scales is traumatized children. <laughs> this whole movie. Like, yeah, I'm like, how many traumatized children? A lot. A lot. Um, but he goes down and you open up the shack and you think, oh, it's just going to be like a storage shed. But no, it's actually like a set of stairs down into a cellar type thing. Yeah. And so he goes down like a dumbass and it, you build the tension of him like going around every corner and like no one's there. And he's like, OK, I guess it's fine. And then like, you know, he starts going back up the stairs and then he pauses at the top. And he's like, what a nice day, basically looking around like- and then punish. <laughs> And he gets axed in the chest and falls down the stairs. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, I knew as soon as he gets to the top that he was going to be axed by Billy. Like, you just know. But it's still, I was still like, ah, you skip. (laughs) You got me. You got me. (laughs) Oh, God, that's a good one. Oh, I, (laughs) why stop at the top of the stairs? Oh, you it's like some people don't fall down stairs a lot and it really shows and it's like like, i don't stay on stairs longer than i absolutely must i certainly do not stand at the top of the stairs never (laughs) i fall so much i fall so much (laughs) 
I fell outside your house, not on the stairs, out on the ice. That was so funny. Just immediately you texted me. I'm like, well, I know she's not home. And you were just like, I fell, but in my seat. I was like leaning into my car and my ass was over my seat. And then my feet went out from under me on the ice. And I just fell back into my car seat. And I was like, oh, this was really, it worked out really well. Yeah. Nothing will ever top when I was getting out of your car after Marietta and my bag was too heavy and I leaned forward and just went, whoop, and I just fell and literally could not get up. I had so many bags on me. Kay had to get out of her car and literally pick me up off the sidewalk because I was too heavy to get up. I forgot that. That was so funny. That was hilarious. I was like, do you need help? And you're like, I can't. I was like, oh, shit. I fell so hard, too. Like, I dropped something. So I bent down to pick uh-huh. it up, and I went, I can do this. And then I just went, <laughs> and I just <laughs> fell back and was like, well, Kay has to get me. And you did. Oh, amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Of course. Oh, God. Oh, uh, are you ready for it? tropes? I'm so ready. <laughs> Woo! Okay. So first one, alas, poor villain. That's a moment when it's like the villain is humanized. And it's like, we had that for Billy because it starts off with like, he is a child that witnessed like unspeakable trauma and was then abused in an orphanage and was never given any sort of help. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was like measurable or consistent. Given the opposite of help. Yeah. But like, he also does go on a murderous rampage and then at the end of it, like, you see that he's kind of returned to himself. He's like, I no longer have to be Santa. Don't worry. Santa's dead. You're safe. It's fucking sad. And then Sister Margaret, like, yeah. leans forward, like, Mother Superior is, like, totally divorced herself from any responsibility and, like, seeing him as a human. Yep. But Sister Margaret is just like, I know the trauma that created this. Oh, God. And uh, this is going to another trope. Two other tropes, um, insane equals evil, and being tortured makes you evil. Yeah. And I just want to say, again, we don't like the stigmatizing of mental illness. We don't illness, like it. And we don't like the tie of mental illness to violence because that no. is not a thing. Not, so, happy, not good. Not all. It's not good. Most people that suffer from mental illness or experience mental illness are not violent, and it's harmful when the depictions of violent people are this way. Yeah. So, you know this. <laughs> I just have to I say know. <laughs> because it just makes, you know, it's a qualm. Yeah. Obviously. Um, so we have a last poor villain. Uh, mm-hmm. Asshole victim. So the uh, boys with the sleds that are oh, like razzing yeah. each other and then they're uh, taunted and threatened by bigger boys without bigger sleds that sled now boys. have sleds. Oh, yeah. 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 Bullies. And, and I didn't remember their names. And so I had them as hat boy. They both had hats. But they for both. some reason his hat really... Got me. And then the one with right. the cutting words. <laughs> Hat boy and the one with the cutting words. <laughs> but then they left and the mean boy and the meaner boy yeah. came. Yeah. Uh, well, the meanest boy got beheaded. So Yeah, meanest you know. boy absolutely yeah. got it. Yeah. yeah. Morality tale. Uh, so that was an asshole victim moment. And same with Andy. Like, we have these people that are just very unpleasant or have just done harm to someone else or very unkind. Right. And then they're murdered by Santa. So you said, you, you said the guy that gets beheaded. And uh-huh. wait, this is not our first movie where someone gets beheaded. But for Mm-mm. some reason, in, in my head, I went, so what? No head? And then him throwing the sled. <laughs> oh, so what? No sled? <laughs> <laughs> I'm killing it over here. 
It's amazing. Thank that you. guy Thank is you. just a, a well of comedy. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. <laughs> I that was another moment where I was like, "Oh, he's gonna get beheaded!" Like he just is, yeah, and I didn't know if it was going to be we actually see the beheading or we just see him at the top, then we see him at the bottom, sans head. Didn't I know love which the head rolling down. Yeah, Fall, like, yeah, <laughs> and then I love how eventually when the body falls to the side, it's just a few inches from the head, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, you're you're Aww. reunited. It feels so good." There you go, bud. Yeah, you'll be all right, asshole victim. Yeah, uh, we also have bad Santa. I feel like what? I don't really need to explain this one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to protest. You yeah. can't do this to my Santa. <laughs> he is sacred. <laughs> the cult of Santa. Ugh. Uh, and then we have catchphrase. He has two here. Do you remember what they are? <laughs> Naughty. Yep. Punny. Yep. <laughs> Punny. Punish. God, those fucking got me. Man. Uh, then flashback nightmare. It's a pretty yeah. common trope, especially if you're dealing with like traumatized folks or people right. that have been through things. Hard work montage, which is also his Milk. wholesome montage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we have a hate sink. And we've yeah. had a hate sink before. I do not remember who it was. Yeah, I was like, I remember this a little uh, bit. So tvtropes.org says mm-hmm. this of the hate sink. Quote, they are a character who is introduced to the story only so that the audience can hate them. This character is intentionally made to be vile and unsympathetic by the creator. Amongst a group of jerks, they stand out as particularly cruel. The key differences between this trope and the scrappy are that the hate sink, this character is created by the author with the intended reaction to be loathed by the audience, and the scrappy is not made to be hated by the author, but has the unintended reaction of being loathed by the audience. (laughs) Oh, no. So scrappy do, you know? No one likes scrappy. Scrappy. Yes. So he was not meant to be a hate sink. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But our hate sink is uh, the initial Santa robber. Yeah. Because he has no redeeming qualities that we are given. No, We're he not, just sucks. Yeah, he just fucking sucks. And then Mother Superior is set up to be this until the end when it's like, well, everyone has standards. She doesn't want children to be murdered in front yeah, of her. Yeah, that's like, she's like, ah, right. <laughs> I draw the line at children dying in front of me. there. Yeah. Uh, dispropor- oh, okay. So I sometimes group them into like yeah. just classic tropes within a subgenre. So these are the classic slasher subtropes. Oh, good. Our subgenre tropes. So disproportionate retribution. We see a lot with like punishment for things. It's not yeah. like, oh, you did like a crime against humanity. So like this is your fate. It's like right. you had sex. And Dead. so like now you must die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, impaled with extreme prejudice, one of yeah, the ways yeah. to die to be punished. Yes. Uh, off with his head, yet another. We talked about yet it. Yet another. Uh, sex signals death, as we talked about in Scream, like the punishment. Yeah. Right. Uh, we actually had a final girl that was subverted because you think at the beginning maybe Pamela could be a final girl. Yeah. Because she's wholesome and like somewhat developed at that point. Right. And then, oh no, she dies. <laughs> like so fast. <laughs> so fast. Uh, the sequel hook and at the <laughs> end like it is specifically uh, the, the end or is it <laughs> because there are a lot of different types of sequel hooks and the right. ones where it's just like oh you think everything's resolved <gasps> is it yeah oh god and then uh, we already talked about this but insane equals violent where right. like a trope we fucking hate <laughs> stupid now is where i have um a humpty quote because oh I came across this trope and I almost skipped it and I'm glad I didn't 
but it's Knight Templar, mm-hmm. and it's the villain who believes himself to be a hero. Right. And so it's, like, in this case, they would assign this because they think Billy thinks he is delivering justice. But it's interesting because a Knight Templar seems to think that the cause is just. In this, Billy seems to believe that the punishment delivered by Santa is inevitable, not that it's a societal good inherently. Mother Superior is the one that ties punishment generally to justice, but not directly to Santa. Right. So I might be, like, splitting hairs here. And, like, at the end, Billy tells the kids they're safe because Santa is gone. Right. If he believed in the moral rightness of Santa's punishment, he would tell them they would be safe as long as they weren't naughty. So right. I think he sees Santa as an unstoppable force that will mete out punishment, not necessarily aligned with actually maintaining goodness in the world. But he acts like a Knights Templar. <laughs> an unstoppable force. <laughs> That's Santa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Delivers all the toys in one night. Come on. <laughs> wild. Uh, so to explain what a Knight Templar is, uh, here is a quote from TVTropes.org. Mm-hmm. And I will say it's Knights Templar, kind of like uh, Attorneys General. Because <laughs> I yes. had that moment. I was like, Knight Templars? Nope. Knights nope. Templar. Knights. Okay. <laughs> Knights. <laughs> So, quote, many Knights Templar are utterly merciless in dealing with those whom they consider evil and are prone to consider all crimes to be equal. The lightest offenses, maybe even jaywalking, are met with punishments such as full imprisonment, death, brainwashing, or eternal torture. If you're in a story like this, don't jaywalk. Don't even think about jaywalking. And may heaven help you if you happen to show any mercy or pity for a wrongdoer. Sometimes even simply being an annoying jerk can earn someone a Knight Templar's wrath, whether they had had a hidden heart or not. It's important to note that despite being villainous within the context of the story, Knights Templar fully believe that they're on the side of righteousness and draw strength from it and that their opponents are not. Trying to reason with one isn't much good either because many Knight Templar believe that if you're not with them, you're against them. And so basically, I think this applies more to Mother Superior than to Billy because I don't think Billy believes that what he's doing is right, just that it's required Right, he's like, well, that's what Santa does. He's like, believe yeah. me, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to do this job any more than you want me doing this he's job. Like, but, but here, here we, we are. are. <laughs> Got to earn a paycheck somehow. So uh, this kind of leads into the next trope, none too holy. And at first, I thought this was just nuns behaving badly. Right. But ultimately, I don't think this trope actually applies in this film at all because this trope is meant to capture situations where nuns are drinking alcohol, wearing revealing clothes, gambling, etc. Right. And... That it doesn't cover when they're taking their role to the next level. So I right. think that Mother Superior is not a nun to hold it, but she's a Knight Templar. Yeah, that would make more sense. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's good. So I just don't know what Billy is, but he's not a knight. <laughs> he's doing something. He's yep. Santa. He's Santa. Yeah. You can't, you can't put Santa you in a box. You can't put Santa in a box. Or they'll get you. The Santa they'll lovers. Mm. Careful. So how are we going to rate this movie? <laughs> um... Well, Traumatized Children is a, a good one. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, I had Christmas Tits written down. Uh, um, I had other ones, but I'm trying to find them. Um, my other two are Triple Zooms and Sinister Nutcrackers. Oh, Sinister Nutcrackers is good. Ugly Babies. Ugly Baby. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jedi say, Aprons. Jedi Aprons. Okay, so my favorite two are Christmas Tits and Jedi Aprons. I think... I think for the spirit of the holiday. Yeah. Christmas tits. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Yeah. The, this Man. movie was absolutely full of them. 
Yeah. Uh, just full to the brim of Christmas tits. Thank God. <laughs> Their cups overfloweth, if you will. <laughs> That's a good one. Thank you. Oh, God. Um, I have no idea how I'm going to rate this. Really? I feel like I've got a good... I, I, I think I know. I think I know. Okay. I, I can be swayed on mine, but one, two, three... <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Four. Okay. Yeah. Four Christmas tits. Yeah. I'm giving it four Christmas tits. Mm -hmm. Um, I I I liked it, but like I said, I think hearing what you said before makes me like it even more because I was like, in spite of all you absolute idiots who were just like Mm -hmm. Santa's sacred, now I'm just gonna love this movie. I'm gonna watch this movie every year just to piss people off. Uh huh. I and I did like it. I Mm -hmm. and I know I said it a million times intentional or not i don't know they had a lot of really good moments <laughs> yeah uh whether it was like camera angles or acting or i have no idea some of it just came out really good and thinking that it could be an accident makes me just like this movie even, it even more, more. <laughs> yep because it's like they stumbled upon something great and just didn't know what they had uh-huh um it's great. My and then obviously, like I can't give it five because of the qualms. I mean, it, oh God, it, yeah. it's that stereotype. You know, we already talked about all the qualms, um, and the set being a little funky at the toy store. It didn't like take me out of the action or anything. Yeah. It was just funky for a bit. Um, but then once you leave that that setting, you're kind of like, okay, whatever. Um, but it was mostly just the qualms. You know that we already talked about the mental illness and the it just being like, all right, another. It's not only is it, like, horrible and detrimental to people, like, who suffer from mental illness, but also it's just tired, guys. Yeah. There's so many movies that do this, and it's like, how many times do I have to watch someone be ill and be and because of that be like, they must be violent? Yep. There so. was an article that I read that I think is giving it much too much credit, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it said that it could be read as a dissection of how society fails those with trauma. And people that have gone through, like, issues and how we just kind of, like, keep telling people it doesn't exist. But it still doesn't erase the fact that, like, they are – the end is saying if you don't help them, then they'll be violent, which is not the thing. And, like, it's hard kind of in that aspect because that is, I mean, true. Like, you're watching Mother Superior fail him and teach him the wrong way to, like, heal. Like, she's not helping him in any way. Um, And that obviously is bad. But that doesn't lead someone to be violent automatically. No. And that is where it gets, like, bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, a little too much credit on their part. They're oh, yeah. correct in a way, but relax. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, don't dig that far. It's um, still not, like, a brutal takedown of, no. like, ableism in society and, like, how we deal with trauma. God, no. I mean, they're just correct in saying that, yeah, no one helped him. Like, yeah. he was he was failed by the system. Absolutely. But still, <laughs> yep. all right. That those are my reasons. Okay, yeah. Uh, I give it four Christmas tits for the same nice. reasons because I have qualms. <laughs> yep. Uh, and it's like any time violence against women or like violence against oh, sexual too. violence of any sort is used like as a plot point. I'm just like angry, especially <laughs> to further a plot point that's not even their own. Like yep. that. That's yep. it's like really. <laughs> It's, like, Stephen King uses it to, like, show a A character's trauma and, like, how they got to where they are. And I don't like that. And I don't like when it's, like, we're going to use his mother's trauma Mm -hmm. and the girl he likes her trauma to further develop his. 
where right. it's like that's not giving them space to exist as like no. autonomous humans. So right. I'm just like peeved. <laughs> but I, as I was watching this movie, I was just like grinning and laughing and just like <laughs> it was a wild ride. And like you said, I don't know how much of that was intentional. <laughs> no idea. But I loved every time he said punish, it got even better for me. Punish. Punish. It's funny. <laughs> naughty. And then that, naughty. At the end, oh, that fucking got me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as I was reading Nerd Corner, I was like, fuck, I'm going to like this even harder now. Because I was like, all these people up in arms about, like, Santa as a holy figure. I was like, no, go fuck yourself. The more yourself. you talked, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why it gets four Christmas tits from me. Oh, God. So that's a total so of eight good. Christmas tits. That's a good amount of tits. Yeah. I like eight it. Eight Christmas tits. I'm like, does eight that Eight Christmas tits. <laughs> <laughs> and a partridge. <laughs> a tree. Yeah. And a Santa uh, with a bloody axe. <laughs> God, my favorite song. <laughs> we could wow. rewrite the entire thing to just we be could. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. I got time. We? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Oh, man. So that wraps up our discussion? Yeah. All right. That is our discussion of Silent Night, Deadly Night. If you enjoyed your time with us, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate and review on Apple Podcasts. That's the one that really helps people find yeah. us. But anywhere you would like to rate and review is anywhere. great. Anywhere. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Just Go With It. And every week we will post what movie we're doing for the week, as well as some fun, no context quotes, wonder what we could possibly <laughs> pull for this week. So many good ones. <laughs> I'm so excited. You can also check out our website, justcoolwithitpod.com. And you can take a look at our Patreon at patreon.com slash justcoolwithit. This is a patron pick, baby. Patron pick. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot to say it in the beginning, but I um, yeah, our patrons get to pick uh, a movie every month um, from a, like, I think four usually or yep. five that we put out. Four. Um, four, yeah. So they picked this one and what a wild ride. Thanks, guys. They've only steered us wrong like one time. I yeah, will not Mothman forgive prophecies. you for the Mothman prophecies, uh, yeah. patrons. I love you with yeah. all my heart. What yeah. was that? <laughs> we all but just had it. hope in the name. We you all know? had hope, guys. Yeah. I can't fault you for that. But if no. any of you knew, okay. But yeah, so patrons, they're great. This is oh, a patron yeah. pick. Good choice, Excellent. guys. <laughs> Loved it. So uh, thank you. We'd like to thank take you. this opportunity to thank them again. Yay. Uh, Kim, Kelly, Nihar, Will, Rachel, Kelsey, Sula, Tim, Beth, Kayla, Meg, Katie, Morgan, Brady, Kenny, Janice, Brian, Justin, Ada. Woo! I hope I said all those names right. <laughs> we hope. I had a moment. I'm wearing my massive headphones, and I so know. I don't understand what words I'm it's, saying. It's so weird being remote and, like, hearing just me for the yeah. most part, you know? It's so odd. Yeah. I'm not uh, like this is how we started the podcast because we started in 2021 before the we used vaccine. To record my closet. Yeah, we both wear closet records. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so uh, weird, like going back to it. anyway. I know we love our patrons very, very much. Love them. The intro and outro music was created by Anthony Bracazella. The cover art it's by our very own Nikki Sullivan. That's me, baby. All right, you ready? I have been working on this the whole oh, episode. Look at my candy cane knife. Oh. <laughs> Okay, that is oh like I am I I'm gonna need evidence that you safely consume it at the end because otherwise oh, I'm afraid I, it's gonna be like no escape room where she gets like drilled to the back of the head with the I pencil. I can already tell you this is not safe because I stabbed my my tongue at one point and just went Ugh, and like had to <laughs> had to calm down. I set it down. 
Uh, well, if anyone obviously is not watching, I've been eating a candy cane the entire time we've been recording, and I've basically um, made it into a little knife, yes. <laughs> as you do with candy canes. Everyone loves it. But I showed Kate. It's quite sharp. That's it like, is alarming. I am frightened, and I am a few miles away. If I'm I frightened was, for you, mostly, but... <laughs> you should be, because I have to eat the rest of this. If I was oh, dressed shit. as Santa right now... Oh, ah, Game over. I'll be dead. <laughs> Force so. of nature that is Santa the candy cane shiv. Happy holidays! Happy holidays! Tits out. So sad.